everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Sports Ethos Celtics podcast. Coming to you after a conclusion to the final game of the 2021-2022 season for the Boston Celtics. Finishing at a whopping 51-31 and 31 record, which Lucas Gaynor, my co-host, had predicted preseason. Man, how you feeling? How'd you know? And um, so what are the next lottery numbers? <laughs> so, yeah, Patrick, I mean, time flies. It's, like, unbelievable that we're already 80 through the games. Through the season, we're looking at the playoffs already. Um, and as far as the lottery numbers, I wish I could help you out there, although I'd probably be playing myself. If I knew that, but uh, yeah, I'm pretty surprised I ended up getting it. I even said on the podcast, I said, I might be a little bit homerish, but I don't think 51 wins is out of the question. And it turns out, Patrick, it wasn't out of the question. It was actually the answer to the question. So uh, yeah, I was pretty pretty happy to see that my prediction was, you know, spot on. And you weren't you weren't too far of yourself. You had, what, 48 yourself? So, yeah, I had 48 well. wins. Yeah, we were right there together, but... What a crazy end to the season. The Celtics bounce back after such a tragic start to the season, end up finishing with the second seed overall with that victory against the Grizzlies. Ultimately, just making a, a true comeback, man. And, and just we also have some other things we're going to be going over at the end of the show. We have Jason Tatum being snubbed from the player of the month. And we also have Emi getting you know coach of the month for a second consecutive month in a row. Um, just a lot to kind of go and dive into. Uh, Lucas and I are going to start with that Grizzlies game and just overall the season, though. Uh, so what do you think about that Grizzlies game, Lucas? I mean, listen, I actually just should be told I had a well, I went to a funeral that day. So I maybe was not necessarily as locked in to like this game as I would be a normal game. But I can tell you that it was uh, it did fill my fill my heart with, you know, some joy. OK, to see Jason Tatum locked in the way that he was, man. It was 11 for 14 in the game. What do you have, 31, Pat? I think he had 31. Man. Tatum had 31, yep, in only 26 minutes. That's just ridiculous. And I think that, uh, honestly, the last two months, last few months of the season, I should say three months at this point, um, the last three and a half months, you know, were encapsulated very well by that play, Pat. When Tatum hit the dude with a couple crossovers, step back three, got fouled. And even Tatum surprised himself sitting there. I know everybody who's listening saw the clip of Tatum saying, wow, wow. Even Tatum shocked himself. And that's pretty much how I feel watching the Celtics every night since the turn of the new year, Pat. So, I mean, it was an impressive, dominant win. Celtics put almost up 140 points uh, and barely had to play their guys at all because the Grizzlies were, in fact, not playing their guys at all. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the Celtics went in there. Jason Tatum scored 31 points. Jalen Brown added 18, and, and Boston secured the second seed in the East. They had a 139 to 110 victory over a Memphis Grizzlies team that really didn't have anything to play for. No incentives to win that game. So, as you know, a team should do. They rested four out of their five starters. Yeah, Al Horford also played a pretty good game too as well. I thought he yeah, chipped in a nice 13 points. Shot close to 55% against the, the shorthanded Grizzlies. And then Milwaukee ended up resting their guys and losing to Cleveland earlier in that, that Sunday uh, of games. And Boston take over that that second seed, which is really encouraging to see. Eme also was uh, aware of the situation the, of the game unfolded and even was keeping up with the Philadelphia 76ers situation. And it just didn't affect this team and on the decision that they were going to play to win and this team wants 
anybody. You know, they don't they don't care who they're facing. They just want to be in the best position as far as seeding goes. They want to get as many home games as they possibly can throughout this playoffs, and they played for that. And I, I respect the route that they're taking. 100%, Pat. I mean, listen, if you're ducking people, that means that you're not fully confident in your ability to win a championship. I mean, listen, I know some people might not agree with that because a team like the Bucks, you know, tried to put themselves in specific, you know, position to make the easiest route to the championship. But, Patrick, I know we've been watching, you know, the Celtics for a while, and I know 2008 is evidence of this. There's no championship run that is easy, right? And if someone tells you there is, you know, it's probably Moses Malone, considering he's one of the only guys to, you know, do 4-0, and 4-1. So, you know, there's no route that's easy. And uh, unfortunately, the Southeast got a little bit of a bad draw, as we all know here in the first round. But, you know, if you're scared of teams, that means you're not as fully confident in your team as you need to be, I think, in my opinion. So it was good to see Ime instill that sort of confidence. And uh, honestly, I just – you know, that extra rest is nice and all, but I'm glad that, that our guys finished out the season playing. You know, I'm glad they only played 25 minutes, but, you know, I'm glad that we finished out playing because there's a little bit of a break as the one and the two seed, you know, waiting for the play-in to finish before the playoffs start. So the Celtics had, uh, what, five days off, so it was good to get that one last game in before uh, we sat for almost a whole week. Yeah, absolutely. And then another thing I wanted to point out with the season coming to a conclusion is, you know, remember that press conference at the beginning of the year where Ime was being inducted into the team and he and he said something, he made like a little jab at Brad Stevens, but like a friendly jab of us, like, you know, we're going to be a better passing team, like uh, the total assist numbers, et cetera. Yeah, we're going to be better at that. And uh, just wanted to point out that Ime has this, you know, his team, playing great basketball, but on top of it, Robert Williams, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum all had something in common, and that was had their career highs and total assists seasons. So just an overall admiration towards Ime, you know, keeping his word from day one. Like he he knew he had a, an objective he was trying to reach and was very prominent at getting to that objective. And next thing you know, you got a bunch of players on this roster that are having career seasons in a lot of different categories. So the, you're just seeing a lot of players be a lot more well polished. You know, he can't. He's come in. Some players or some coaches are just better at player development. And I take nothing away from Brad Stevens. I think Brad Stevens is a great coach. You know, some coaches are are better at different things. And I think some of the things that Ime is really good at are some things that may have not have been as good for, for Brad Stevens. And I think it's just a great transition for the Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum pairing to kind of go from a Brad Stevens coach, then to an Ime. Like it's super luxury for those two to have. Yeah, no doubt. And I agree. I mean, it's not to take anything away from Brad Stevens, but Patrick, I know all the way back in my first podcast here was welcoming Ime Udoka as the head coach of the Boston Celtics. And we were very um, optimistic about who Ime was, what he was going to be able to do for the team. And Patrick, I think we hit a lot of the things, the nail right on the head. I think, A, first of all, I just want to say that quote from Ime, you know, uh, well, we're going to be a better passing team. I am glad that that bared itself out because the Celtics have been whipping the ball around. I mean, we saw it in the Grizzlies game. There was one just unbelievable possession where the final shot was missed, but Tice got the tip in. Uh, it was just a wonderful possession. He was whipping the ball around. So good to see uh, 
good to see Ime stick to his, you know, his guns and really, you know, be truthful in saying we'll be a better passing team. But uh, another thing, you know, the defense. I mean, Pat, we assumed that, you know, defense was going to improve, you know, with Ime being this defensive juggernaut. And if, like, at the time, it felt like we were kind of talking him up. But we were selling him short still, even though we were singing his praises, because the way the defense has, like, just turned into an unbelievable unit. Like, I have fans, friends who are fans of other teams, rivals, telling me that they just absolutely love the defense um, of the Celtics, that it's special, that it's, like, top tier. And it really is. I mean, that's why I say I, this is kind of a trope at this point in the show, but I say once a show, this is not regular. Like, the Celtics' defense was phenomenal. This is not regular, especially in today's day and age, focusing on offense, um, you know, and spacing. Like, just shout out to Ime, man. He made a really big uh, change in the Celtics fabric of what this team was and what this team was able to achieve. Um, and on top of that, shout out to Brad as well in his new role. I know there were some people talking about Brad, quote, failing upwards. I remember people talking about that. Listen, I couldn't disagree more. I don't think Brad failed at all as a coach. Um you know, the team improved every single year with the exception of, you know, the final year, which was, uh, you know, they came, that year was a struggle. Like, we all know that. But I think that was beyond Brad at that point. And to see Brad transition into the front office role, you know, and as you like to call him, Pat, blockbuster Brad, he stepped up and he really delivered, man. So shout out to Brad for that, too. Yeah, and, and I wanted to touch on the the point you made with as far as the defense and how great it was this year. Just to put it in a, a bigger perspective for, for people, the Celtics finished the regular season tied as the first in defensive rating with a 106.9 with the Golden State Warriors. They also were first in opponent field goal percentage at 43.4%, first in opponent three-point percentage at 33.9%, also first in opponent two-point percentage at 49.7%. Only team in the NBA to hold opponents under 50% on their two-point shots. So just an extraordinary year from the Celtics on the defensive side of the ball. And they did that all while, you know, having some guys miss games. You know, Jalen Brown missed stints through the season. You have Robert Williams missing stints of the season. You know, Marcus Smart was out for a few games as well. So, this team just came together. They had a trend. They had a really bad first half of the year. I just can't even imagine how much greater this team would have been defensively, been defensively with the numbers had they started out on the defensive end from game one. Um, I think their numbers would have just jumped off of everybody. Uh, but just an overall extent, just seeing this team finally have an identity of we're a defensive first type of team, but we also got some star power to get us some offense. Love that for the Celtics this year. That's a great development, and I'm excited for to see that going to the playoffs. And then going into, you know, with this team uh, coming to the end of the year, I wanted to ask you, Lucas, what was your most memorable moment, one of your favorite moments from this season? Man, that's a tough question, honestly. Um, I would say that a specific singular moment, like singular play, I would have to say was uh, Jalen Brown's dunk on Miles Bridges. I would say for me right there just as a moment because he banged on him. But I would also say Jalen's dunk on Kleba. I know, You're uh, dabbing up KG on KG night. Yeah, I, honestly, but uh, that's what I was going to say. Is This doesn't really have to do with the team as much, but KG's retirement ceremony 
you know, being in the building, that was a very, that stands out like crazy to me. I know that doesn't have much to do with this team, but I think the team seeing that, it was just further going to, you know, push them to want to be a championship team. But I don't know. Man, let me try and think of some more. Do you have any in mind? Yeah, I, I will point out as well. I threw uh, I threw that at Lucas with no preparation. I didn't tell him pre-show to pin to his moment or anything. So um, Tevley coming out of left field. Uh, yeah, I do have a, I have a moment where I really enjoyed. I think this is when I was like just soaking up how good this team was already and then watching Jason Tatum blossom into this guy who is showing emotion and is passionate about the game of basketball more than I've ever seen him since he's been a Boston Celtic. And it was when he played against the Charlotte um, Hornets and they needed him down the stretch and he hits a big time three pointer and he does the kiss celebration. And from there on, it was a thing like that was the creation. So I think the invention of the Jason Tatum Chris celebrate uh, kiss celebration was probably my favorite moment this whole season. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I also have to give those back-to-back games against Washington and Sacramento. Um, I definitely have to give those games like a little bit of like that's up there in the rankings for me, just because you went back-to-back games by about 50 points, right? That's just like, I think that kind of like was reality setting in for me that this team was like, just gonna, they did not care who was in front of them. They were bringing their a game because, you know, previously earlier in the year, definitely last season, you can tell me if you agree with this. I feel like the Celtics would play down, you know, to their opponent's level oftentimes. And, uh, and seeing them just blow those two teams out of the water who were like, you know, it's not like they were elite competition seeing them blow those two teams out of the water really was like, wow, this is not the same team. I need to stop thinking like, you know, this is something from last year. This is something from November, something from October. Nope. This is now, this is the team. We are elite defensive team with insane scoring capability. I would say those two games stand out as well, but uh, I'm with you, Patrick, the kiss blowing the kiss. That is right up there for me as well. I got to admit. Um, I would have said the friggin' Mavericks game if we ended with a win, but I will say that that Jalen dunk on Kleba, I'll never forget watching that, Pat. So I I'll also shout out to uh, sorry, I was uh, also gonna say shout out to the Deuce uh, slapping Marcus Smart's butt on the inbound, and Marcus yeah. Smart gets the ball back and finishes at the rim. I thought that was a funny moment of this year as well. Let us not forget, Pat Peyton Pritchard. Lefty dunk that did happen this year. It feels like a lifetime. That did happen, but that uh, that stands out because you don't get too many of those. Also, just a side note: this is not really the same thing, but it has to do with Peyton Pritchard. He shot 100 percent from the free from throw, throw line. It's 24-24. Peyton Pritchard did not miss the free throw all season. I don't care how small the sample size was. Okay, <laughs> I'm not gonna let that get in the way from congratulating Peyton Pritchard for going an entire season without missing a free throw. Oh. And I'll say Griffin down here in the chat on Spotify Live. Rob Rob Williams dunking on AD. Okay, that is up there for me as well. Oh, my goodness. Honestly, Rob in that Lakers game just stands out in general. And I think, Pat, we'll get to talking about it soon enough. But I cannot wait for Rob Williams to come back. But, yeah, I cannot wait either, man. Hopefully uh, the Celtics are able to survive their first round series, uh, which we will be talking about. At some point, um, we, we will not hit at exactly when it will be, but we, we should be getting another show out here no, shortly. I will say, uh, let me kind of say this real quick. So uh, I just want to say, since the year is over 
And, you know, you're talking about all the guys had career high in assists. You know, I do want to, uh, I want to shout out uh, Marcus Smart because if you're somebody who is, you know, checks the box score a lot, doesn't watch a ton of the games. Um, if you looked at Marcus Smart's averages this season, right, very similar to last season, right? Only 0.2 assists more, similar scoring, similar rebounding. Um, you know, he shot a little bit better from three last year, a little worse from the field last year. But that's why you can't box score watch because nobody in their right mind would tell you that Smart played even close to as well last year as he did this year. So I just want to say, even though Smart's his numbers may not reflect his improvement, like just let it be known, Smart was an integral part of the team's success, and he really, it, for my money, he played the best basketball of his career. So I just love to see that from Smart. Even though the statistical improvement isn't there, it's how you do things, you know, at the end of the day that matter as well. The decisions you make, where you position yourself, you know, I think the passes that Smart are making, you know, maybe his assist numbers didn't go up, but he's making the right pass a lot more often, right? He's making the pass to the assist a lot more often than he used to. So shout out to Marcus Smart for improving his play and playing the best basketball of his career. What what you know, player is that? Him. What player is that? Marcus Smart. Oh, I, I, I don't know who that is. I, I know I know future defensive player of the year. Uh, yes, I don't... sir. See, you know I can never pass up on a chance to uh, give Smart some credit and <laughs> give Smart some praise. <laughs> I, t- I just had to shout, shout out Marcus Smart. Yeah, man, uh, defensive player of the year. He, I don't see where he doesn't win it, and I think he ends up winning that award this year. Uh, he's been phenomenal. His leadership, his ability to step up and and really get this play. I think it, this team started playing more together once Marcus Smart kind of was the head of that monster vocally. And you know, even though he's not a, like the superstar on the team, he does play a very significant role as far as getting this team to work together as a unit. Um, so shout out to Marcus Smart on a wonderful rest of uh, his season as well. I also have a little trivia here for Lucas. Let's see if uh, he's got yes, he's got it I in him. I love these trivia segments. Yeah. All right. So the Boston Celtics in the 2021-22 won 51 games. Where do you think that ranks in seasons of regular seasons in the franchise history of by winning percentage? Oh my god! Starting with the hard one. Um, so we're including all the way back to the '60s, right? Correct. Yes, yes. We are their whole history. So, winning percentage in a season. How how many better winning seasons do you think they've had other than this one based off percentages? Okay. Um. They had some dominant seasons in the 80s. They know obviously 2008 was better. By the way, 51 games is a lot of wins. It is. So, I mean, I know they had some dominant seasons in the 80s. I assume they had some seasons. You know, it's not like I know the Celtics record year by year down in 1961 to 1969, but I assume there's at least a few. I'm going to go seven, Pat. Let me give me the seventh best season. You think this was the seventh best season in in franchise history? I have another one too. I have another like lower guess that was my original one, but all right, let's let me hear it. Let me hear both guesses. I'll give you two guesses. Okay, okay, okay. My original guess until you said fifty-one is a lot of wins was twelve, the twelfth best season. That was my guess right there. All right, you you sure you don't want to give one more guess? We'll give you three. Oh no. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue dropping down here, um, a little bit. No, no, no. I can't go any lower than twelve, can I? 
Can you? No, I don't think so. Wait, wait, wait. Know. See, now I'm overthinking this because now I'm thinking maybe it was higher than seven. It could be. I'm giving you one more guess, and then I'll, I'll let you guys know. Ooh, okay, I'll go five. I'll just say five, whatever. I'm gonna okay, say five. the Boston Celtics, man. The Boston Celtics are wild. So the 2021-22 Celtics that won 51 games ranked – as just the 35th best regular season oh, in franchise history oh, by see, winning percentage. You tricked me. You tricked me because, listen, I thought the way you were talking it up, I thought we were going to be high on that list. That's what I was saying. I was saying in the 60s and the 70s, we had some dominant teams. So that is definitely my – you know, that's the end of the season, Pat. That's by far my worst trivia L I've taken all year. So You know what? Just to put it another way, though – this was just a historically average season, though, for the Boston Celtics, season winning percentage-wise. That's unbelievable. I cannot believe I just said 12 and then 7 and 5. Jeez, well, <laughs> don't revoke my fandom card, everybody, but I was way off on that one. So, um, All right, you got to shoot the next one. You got another one? Or is that, or I, I don't, man, I don't. But, uh, you know, a, a stat I wanted to put out there was Jason Tatum did win player of the uh, of the week three times in March only the second player in NBA history to do so and did not win player of the month somehow for the March slash April. So just kind of a crazy thing. Didn't make much sense. And then we also want to give shout out. Right, to right, I have one for you, Pat. I have one for you. Oh, man. I got this. Let's go. Let's All get this right, before you go on to your next point. Okay. So Jason Tatum finished the season averaging 26.92 points per game. Okay. Yep. Where do you think that ranks? Actually, you know, we'll do this too. And Jalen Brown finished the season averaging 23.62 points per game. In Celtics history, where do you think those rank in highest points per game for a single season in Celtics history? Where do you think these two seasons by our two superstars, Jalen Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, where do you think they rank all time? So all time, you're talking about Celtics all-time points per game. In a single season, yep. In a single season. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And how much did Jason have? 26.92. You know what? Let's let's hear it. Yeah, you know what, though? Like, I think think that it's not a lot. I'm going to go with Jason Tatum at four. Okay, where do you think Jalen Brown will be? I'll give you a and couple it, guesses too here. All right, and Jalen Brown is at what? Twenty-three point six two. I feel like twenty-three. That's like four points. I'm guessing Jalen's like somewhere in like the thirties, thirty-two. Okay, so I'll say you were close. You were, you were warm with Jalen, and you were hot with Jason. Wow. Wow. Okay. So I, I'm like right there, huh? Yeah, you're, uh, you're close. All right. I, I'll give I'll give another guess. I'll think Jason Tatum at five. Okay. And I'll say Jalen Brown at where did I say him? I said somewhere in the 30s, right? Maybe maybe he's a little up higher. Maybe we'll go like 27. Okay. So now I'll say you're you get one more guess for each. You're even hotter now with Jason. And you are hot with J- Jalen now as well. Oh, so I moved in the right direction for both of them. Okay. Yes. Jason Tatum, eighth all-time. 
and Jalen Brown, 25th. Oh, okay. So, listen, I'm going to count that as a win because you are within one for each of them by your third guess. So, Jalen Brown, 24th highest single-season scoring in Celtics history, firmly between Larry Bird's 1983 season and Sam Jones' 1966 year. And Jason Tatum is actually, you skipped right over him, he's at seventh. Damn. Uh, right behind John Havlicek in 1972 and Paul Pierce in 2006, a year in which the Celtics could barely win 20 games. So, uh, you know, not all not all 26-point-per-game seasons are built the same. And uh, I would just say, Pat, you did a lot better than me here with the trivia. Uh, hey, man, I was just throwing out lucky guesses, man. I was throwing out lucky guesses. I, I think my question was a little harder, to be honest. Like, way low. A lot of history there, man. We weren't born for all this time. You know, we're a little younger. Yeah, I should I should have known, like, because when I said 12, I was like, uh, you know, that felt pretty. That felt kind of high still, but. You got to think of all the championship seasons. You should have started with championships at 17 or less. You should automatically start it there. That just shows that uh, shows the pure dominance of the Celtics in the early NBA years. Because if you think about it, post-Bird till now, I wonder how many of those seasons we had better than more than 51 wins. I would wager maybe one, maybe just 2008. Seriously. Like, uh, like I would say if we put till 1991 to, to this year, to like the past year, I wonder how many of those seasons were more than 51. I would doubt, like I said, probably only one because it doesn't even have to be 51 as long as it's the better winning percentage. That's all that matters. So that would be what in like shortened seasons, lockout shortened seasons, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. If... But yeah, so, uh, Sorry to cut you off my trivia, but you were about to give – I think you are about to give props to somebody else right before I cut you Yeah, I mean it was just, again, another shout-out to Ime, who I mentioned earlier. But he did win Coach of the Month back-to-back months. Um, that's the – he's one of the first coaches to, to do that. Um, he's one of the Especially very few coaches coach. to do Rookie coach as well. And so this is unheard of for him to end, end the year with back-to-back Coaches of the Month. Shout out to Eme, man, really deserving, getting the recognition he deserves. And, and that kind of that kind of does it all, sums it up for me as far as uh, the season for the Boston Celtics. So yeah. I don't know if you got more I mean, to add here. I don't have too much more to add. Just love the internal. I know you mentioned this a little earlier. Eme loved it, like how he developed players. I love the internal development. Rob grew tenfold. I mean, he, for my money, should be in the running for most improved player, you know, because remember, Pat, I mean, I know we're just going to reminisce a little bit here, but remember when Rob used to jump at pretty much every pump fake? Yeah, oh, my God. And then now he uh, now he pretty much is all defense, defensive player of the year type candidate. Like, that growth is tremendous. I think Rob, in the beginning of the year, admitted that he may coach hard, and he said that's what he wanted. Um, and Jalen and Jason responding to those comments. I mean, Pat, we can't finish the show without mentioning Marcus Smart saying that our two stars don't pass the ball, right? Right, you know, calling the team out and, and getting this team to work together has come already. You know, I we appreciate Marcus Smart so much for, for being the outspoken leader you know, that he is. And the funny part is people acted like that was some sort of bad thing for the Celtics at the time. Oh, here the Celtics are falling apart. Little do they know that was what had to break it down to build it back up. So shout out to that moment, actually. That would probably be the most memorable moment. You know, I know that's not the most, like, the happiest moment or the best moment. 
But that moment stands out very vividly post-game, you know, remembering about that, remembering how the way people were talking about the Celtics. But uh, also, Lakers getting knocked out of the play, and that was pretty memorable too, Pat. Just want to put that in there before, before we close. Um, no, I yeah, mean, we agree. That's pretty, that's pretty much all for me, though, Pat. Uh, yeah, speaking of play-ins, though, we, we, did, uh, we did see that the Nets will be the matchup for the Celtics going into – the first round, second seed versus seventh seed. Um, we are going to be going over that here in our next episode. So a little a little teaser to you guys. Make sure you guys go follow the show on Spotify. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Write a review. Follow us on Twitter at Ethos Celtics. You can also follow me at Ball and Opinions, Lucas at Luca underscore Gainer to get all your releases as far as shows go, drops, dates, and everything like that. We are going to be dropping a episode on the matchup before Sunday's game, so make sure you guys tune into that. It's going to be juicy. We got a lot to talk about. Me and Lucas have a lot of opinions on the series, and uh, yeah. we're very excited to break down some some Celtics nets. Yes, folks, please go follow the show, download the show, rate, review, subscribe, comment, whatever you want to do to interact with the show is greatly appreciated. Um, And you know what else is greatly appreciated, Pat? Looking clean and all dandy with your facial hair. So make sure you go on over to Manscaped. Use your 20% off HoopBall20 discount. Save yourself some money. I know everybody's tax returns are hitting soon. Make sure you spend some of that money on looking fresh and good. You know, get some new cologne. You know, get the Manscaped. Maybe get yourself, you know, some new clothes. All right. Make yourself feel good for the summertime. So go on over there to Manscaped and use the code HoopBall20. But, uh, yep, once again. Appreciate everybody who downloads, listens to the show, shows up here on Spotify Live. Uh, Pat, we haven't had a guest up in a while. Uh, should we see if anybody wants to come up and have any final thoughts about the season, or or do you think you don't have time? You're in a bit of a time crunch. You know, we're not going to let anybody up in here today just because I wanted to have those people come up on the, on the next episode. So okay. make sure you guys do uh, – show up to our next episode we should be doing that recording on friday so just look out for that coverage um get ready for that show guys and get you guys all nice and ready and pumped up for that first game against the brooklyn nets on sunday at home in the garden yes sir i can't wait for sunday man looking forward to this all season and you know the day is finally here so pat i think that does it for us man yes sir once again thanks to everyone for listening and uh we will talk to you on friday all right ladies